Welcome to the Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center podcast featuring Reverend Dahlia Adams. You may visit us online at unityvacaville.org or you may visit us in person at 350 North Orchard Avenue in Vacaville, California. And now, here is Reverend Dahlia Adams. My name is Reverend Dahlia Adams, and I am so honored to be here with you today. At Unity of the Valley, throughout 2021, we have been focusing on transformation, that ability to go higher, to see greater things, to do greater things. And this process of transformation is often triggered or precipitated by changes in our lives. And between 2020 and 2021, we have had some changes in our lives. So transformation is the gift that can come of these kinds of changes. And so right now, this Sunday, today, we are beginning our fall reflection program. And we have called this seven-week program the Call to Transformation. And our program, our Fall Reflections program, is beginning today, the 19th of September, and the last day is the 6th of November. I invite everybody to join in for this program, whether you are local or if you're living far, far away and joining us online, please consider being part of this. You know, in Buddhism, they honor three things in their practice, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. In other words, they honor the Buddha, or for us, it would be the Christ. The Dharma is the word for the teachings, so our gospel, our teachings that Myrtle and and Charles Fillmore gave to us. And then the last piece, the last leg of a spiritual path is the Sangha. And the Sangha is the spiritual community. Without that, the rest unravels. The rest somehow lacks the strength that it might. And the Fall Reflections program is an opportunity to join with others, to get to know each other, to form bonds, to support each other on a spiritual path. This is the Sangha. So we have the teachings, we have these talks, we have books, we have classes. We have the Christ. But we need to have the Sangha, and it's been a challenge for some of us through this pandemic to to hold on to that sense of community. And this program in the Fall to Fall Reflections program is an opportunity to renew our commitment to the Christ, to the teachings, and to each other, to our community. 
And so you can be a big part of creating unity of the Valley Spiritual Center as you join into this program because you strengthen those bonds. So you give to the whole community by your participation. And I know from what I've heard from people who have participated that each person has been blessed in profound ways through participating. And I can hear in my head that some of you, yeah, 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 it's not the same if it's on Zoom. Well, that's right. We are transforming. Things are not the same, but we make them good and we make them even better. And we find ways of sharing intimately and profoundly and inspiring ways, even though it's not the same. So please join in. And, and if you haven't physically ever come to our facility and you've been joining us online, you can go on our website and join a group. And please do. We would love to have your energy, your input, your ideas, your heartfelt sharing. And you're always free to, to share or to pass. There's no coercion, no force here. Just a loving coming together. So the call to transformation begins today. Throughout the week, groups will start meeting. And people are welcome to sign up up to next Sunday. So think about it, check it out, and please join in. Our Fall Reflections program is using a book by Eric Butterworth as a foundation, as a guide through our discussions and through our reflections and contemplations. The name of the book is The Universe is Calling, Opening to the Divine Through Prayer. It's an amazing book. There are pieces of it that I think differently about, so I don't agree 100%. But it is thought-provoking. It allows me to deepen in my own understanding. And I've read it a few times, and this last time it seemed brand new. So if you've read it before, still join in, because there's something about these spiritual books. Every time we read them, they're different. There's some sort of magic involved. So the book is by Eric Butterworth. For those who come to our facility, um, we will have some books available on Sunday. Uh, we will, it's also available online. You can order it. You don't need to buy it through the church. So Eric Butterworth is a big name in the unity movement. In the 20th century, he was kind of like an icon or a superstar. He was a teacher. He taught practical Christianity. And by that, we mean the Christian teachings that can be really applied every single day, not put up on a shelf and saved for Sunday mornings. He taught a practical mysticism. Sometimes we think of the mystics as people who are away from society and and meditating or contemplating 10, 12 hours a day. And through that, they get an inner experience of God. 
which is wonderful. There are people who have done that, who still do that, but most of us do not have that kind of time. So he teaches a practical mysticism, a mystical path for people who work, who have families, who go play golf, go surfing. You know, you can still be a mystic. He teaches abundance and prosperity. He allows us to know the creative power that is within us. He's an author. I believe he's written 17 books and endless essays. And he was a unity minister. He had three different ministries, three churches, one in Pittsburgh, one in Detroit, and one in New York. His churches, each one became mega churches with thousands of people attending. In New York, he would speak at Carnegie Hall. So there, there was something about the way he grabbed on to truth and was able to convey to people that really touched people. So his books can do the same thing. They can touch our hearts, inspire us to be more, to do more, to transform. So he's, his work is very, very appropriate for the year that we focused on transformation. And today we are looking at the call to be transformed. Because we really are called. It's not just an idea that, well, since there are challenges in our lives, we may as well transform. There is a call to transformation that many, many people have written about. Many people in our community have talked about. This is a call to transformation that has haunted me throughout my life. Eric Butterworth wrote that the universe is calling. It is a restless urge that keeps you forever reaching for the highest, and it is incapable of settling for anything less. So one more time, the universe is calling us. It is that restless urge. Have you ever felt that urge, you know, where maybe everything in life seemed good? You know, it seemed like maybe you liked your job and you had a family that was doing well. You lived somewhere that you enjoyed. You took fun vacations. You, you had activities that felt challenging and yet... Somehow, somehow there, it wasn't enough. You know, in those quiet moments, there would be this restlessness or this urge or this calling. And sometimes it's an experience in which it's difficult to put words to that calling. It's, it's an experience of not knowing exactly what is it that I'm being called to do. And Eric Butterworth says, it's a restless urge that keeps you forever reaching for the highest, and it is incapable of settling for anything less. I went through that. I, I thought that I had a calling to study psychology. I had this profound 
hunger to know what it is that allows people to transform. I worked with teenagers. I was a teacher at a school where the majority of our teens had been expelled from every other school in the area. And I watched them transform. What we were doing at that school was working. And I watched them move from sullen to joyous. I watched them move from feeling like failures to becoming successes. I watched them move from being academic failures to being accepted at good universities and oftentimes with scholarships. I watched them shift from an angry response to their worlds to a sense of wanting to create a world that they loved. And out of that came this longing to know what is it? What is it that lets people transform difficult situations? And I thought that the path was to get a PhD in clinical psychology. I didn't really want to be a psychologist. I wanted that PhD in clinical psychology because I thought that knowledge would give me that understanding of what is it within the human being, within the human spirit, that calls us to transform and allows us to transform. And this, this call was so powerful. And I was working three jobs, raising my son as a single mother. I had no extra money, let alone money to go off to graduate school. But I, it wouldn't let go. And one year in a school nearby, they were offering the graduate record exams, GREs, which you had to take at that time to go to just about any graduate school. And so I paid the money and I showed up and I took that GRE. And I remember sitting there thinking, what am on earth am I doing? I mean, I want this, but there is no pathway for me to that graduate school. Well, in less than two years, I was applying to schools and soon after that accepted. And so the how unfolded, but that call was powerful enough that I invested time and energy and money into this exam, even when I thought that there was no way. And then I spent seven years in this graduate program and it was demanding. I mean, it was a lot of challenges, a lot of hard work. I published articles in psychology journals. I gave presentations at national conventions of the American Psychological Association because they told me that's what I had to do to complete this program. So I did it. And then when I was finished, I had to go through another year to get licensed, and I did that, and that was its own story. And then there I was, a licensed psychologist, and I got a job as a psychologist, and I didn't like it, so then I got another job that I did like. And somehow it didn't feel like enough, so I opened up a private practice. And my life looked so good. 
I had found a church, Unity, and I was deeply involved. I had fabulous friends. There was growth happening for me. I loved the work that I was doing. It was paying me good money, you know, and that kind of felt neat. I never, up to that point, had been paid good money for anything. Teachers don't always get paid good money. And uh, so I taught, I waitressed, I, I did all sorts of things to make ends meet. But this one job paid me enough that I could live. And that was brand new. I had a good relationship. I was in a long-term relationship with a man who's really wonderful. And I lived in a beautiful place. I had a house on the water in Florida. And there was this hole, this emptiness inside of me that would not let go. When the activity stopped, when it became quiet, it became a very painful emptiness. I searched for a name for it, and the best I could do was purposelessness. And I couldn't talk to anybody about it because when I tried, people would look at me like I had fallen off the moon and they'd say, your life is so good. You've got everything and you like everything that you're doing. You know, because I was very vocal about how much I enjoyed everything. So I couldn't talk to people because it didn't make sense and I couldn't make it make sense. But it was more than a restless urge. It was a painful restless urge. And I didn't know to what. The story continues with many weaves and turns. But ultimately, I was at a retreat. And I put God on notice. I, I let God know that God had one week to let me know what my purpose was. Because I was tired of the pain of this. And when I sat in the silence, when I was in meditation, I heard a voice say, Dahlia, your purpose is to know God, to love, and to do the next step. Again, another long story. I didn't like it at the time. I didn't think that was a good purpose. Today, I embrace it with all my heart. And when I am not aligned with that purpose, when I am not internally opening to knowing God, when I am not actively learning how to love, and when I am not listening for that divine guidance of what my next step is, it starts to get painful again. But now I know why. That purpose really was what I was hurting about, what I was longing for. It was my call to what for me is the highest. Now that's different for different people. But it comes from within and it comes from the universe with a capital U. Eric Butterworth uses the word universe interchangeably with God, because he says the universe is all, and God is all, so the God must be the universe. 
So this is what we're focusing on in this book, in the seven-week program. And what was my answer was for me, and each and every person participating has their own answer, has their own understanding of that calling, of that restless urge. Our American poet from the 19th century wrote, that even in savage bosoms there are longings, yearnings, strivings for the good they comprehend not. And that's the thing about transformation and about this call to transformation. When we first feel that longing, that yearning, that calling, we don't know what it is that is calling us. And that's one of the things that makes it feel so difficult. But unless, unless we find a way of diving in and understanding that call and responding to it, it ain't going to be pretty. God does not give up on us. That divine presence within us doesn't let go because God knows who we are. And God knows what we are capable of. And Jesus even said that we can do greater things than even Jesus did. And I know that what he was referring to is that there is that divine presence within us that is continuously calling us to do greater, to be more, to transform. We've talked about transformation throughout the year, and the, this is something that was said before, that transformation disrupts our sense of who and what we are. It disrupts our sense of what is normal, and it lifts the mind and body to the spiritual. Well, this pandemic has definitely shifted what's normal. And for many of us, it's disrupted our sense of who we are. But even without a pandemic, there would be something that would challenge the familiar and call us to the greater, just because that's how it works. And so we are called, this call from the universe, or the God calling, is we are called to know God in a different way. Think back of how you understood what God is when you were five, six, seven years old. If that was the best of your understanding today, it wouldn't be enough. It wouldn't be enough to fill you, to call you, to draw you to the greatest that you can be. This calling also asks us to know ourselves in a different way. There was a time when I knew myself as a very shy, quiet, frightened little girl. And even when I was a teenager, I still thought of myself that way. That is not who I am. I've learned many times over to know myself differently, and I am still being called to know myself a different way again. We're also called to know and to see and act in our world differently. Sometimes the old ways, or the familiar ways, are just not enough. 
Ilya Delio is a um, theologian and a professor at Villanova University. She wrote, God is within and ahead. When unity, we say God is within and God is surrounding us. I like hers because God is ahead pulling us forward, right? Present in nature as the irresistible attraction toward greater unity and consciousness. Again, that call to transformation. And so Eric Butterworth, in the beginning of, of this book, and as he's trying to explain that we're being called to something greater, and part of that is knowing who and what God is and knowing who and what we are in relation to God. And in unity, we, we repeat often that we are one with God. Well, he explains that God is not in you in the same sense that a raisin is in a bun. God is not in my pancreas, although God is. But it's not like a raisin in a bun or a hot dog in a hot dog bun. When we say God is in us, we mean that God is within our consciousness. And Eric Butterworth said, God is in you as the ocean is in a wave. Because it's a mystery. It's a mystery. You know, there's this profound knowing that God is so great. And sometimes there's this sense of a small me. And it's hard to put those together and, and believe or even grasp how it could be that I am one with God. God is the source of this entire universe. How could I be one with that power and presence? So this metaphor that God is in me the way the ocean is in a wave, I can kind of buy that because the wave seems to have some limits. But not really because the wave blends with the entire sea in each and every moment. So this is what we're going to be exploring throughout these seven weeks. What does that mean? How do we live that? What do we do with that? And then Rumi, our, our, the Persian poet, who has such a profound understanding of spiritual truth, he nails it with this because this is so impossible to understand logically, but intuitively, the truth of it is so clear. And Rumi says, you are not a drop in the ocean. You are the ocean in a drop. Come on, you know, come on. We know logically you cannot fit the whole ocean into a drop. Just like our logic tells us you cannot fit all of God into me. But intuitively, I know that's true and it captures the truth of it because God can never be divided up. There are not parts of God. There might be faces of God or descriptions of God that we use, but God is not like a bologna sandwich that you can slice up and have pieces of. Wherever God is, all of God is. 
the allness of God is ever-present. And if God is within me, within my consciousness, the allness of God is within me, just like the entire ocean is in a drop. We have a science now of holograms that helps us grasp that a little bit. If you take the tiniest piece of the hologram, it contains the full hologram. And again, logically, that blows me away, but intuitively, it's powerful and it's true. If the allness that is God is within us, okay, we've been talking about this, if God can't be sliced up, and if wherever we are, God is, because God is everywhere present, there is nowhere that God is not, so God must be within us. If the allness that is God is within us, how do we pray? If we are that drop that contains the whole ocean, what do we do with that when we pray? Do we kneel down and look up and say, dear God? How do we handle that? How do we make prayer meaningful? Because it needs to be meaningful. Prayer is the process through which we raise our consciousness to knowing God's presence. So we need to pray. It's absolutely mandatory. But how is it in that moment that we realize and accept that the allness of God is present within me? How do I pray? The old methods sometimes seem feeble in the face of that. Again, throughout this book, we will be exploring that. And you'll be coming up with your own answers. Eric Butterworth attributed this statement to Chardin, to Teilhard de Chardin. I looked for it, and I didn't find it in the common quotations for Chardin. So I'm not sure exactly the origin, but I like what it says. It says, we come to a place where there is no one to bow down to and to worship. It's kind of hard to hear, and there are times in my life where if I would have read that or heard that, I would have really cringed and shoved it away. You know that calling to know God differently and to know ourselves differently? In that process, I've come to understand what the author of those wor words was trying to say. It's not like I will always be in awe of that which I call God. I will always long for and love that which is. God, but as I come to know God as the ocean that fills the drop that is me, where do I bow? Who do I worship? Again, this is a process that each person will answer for himself and herself. And I love unity because we're encouraged to explore the truth 
as it shows up for us as we can understand it. And for those who don't know, Chardin was a Catholic from the 19th, 18th century. I mean, he's 19th, I think, century into the 20th. And so, you know, he wasn't some rogue um, protester. He was an established, respected, sometimes reprimanded member of the Catholic Church. So then the next question is, is if the allness that is God is within us, how do we live? What do we do with that? Do we get up in the morning and then play small? Do we get up in the morning and get discouraged and say, you know, this is all too much for me? Do we see our neighbor struggling and say, well, gee, that's not my problem? If the allness that is God is within me, how do I live? How do I live today? How do I show up? Again, a question that we will explore over these weeks. Marion Williamson a student of the Course in Miracles says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. So we are starting quite an adventure. If you don't join the group, please buy the book and join the process anyway. There will be um, study guide questions and exercises that will be available on our website by email. If you're part of a group, you will have opportunity to share and discuss and work with these things. So who are you not to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, powerful, amazing, because you are a child of God? And so it is. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support this podcast, you may do so at unityvacaville.org.